Hello and welcome once again to the Thrive Online Podcast. Today, we get to start a brand new series called I Pray So That. In this episode, Pastor David will discuss the power and strength of a healthy prayer life and about being specific with your prayers. So as we get going, we pray that no matter if you are listening today from your car, the gym, or even your work or home, that this hope and builds your faith. So let's lean in, turn up the volume, and let's get excited as we get ready to learn today. Well, hey, Thr- Good to be back together with you once again. We did it. We made it through another week of being imperfect people, becoming the church on the mission with Jesus, bringing hope and healing to the world. And if you're new here with us, we are so glad that you took time your weekend to come and be with us today. And my prayer is this, that this time would not be wasted for you, that when you leave here, you feel inspired, encouraged, and even transformed. Now, here's something we transform without the power of the Holy Spirit working in us, speaking to us. And so let's just take a quick moment and invite Holy Spirit uh, to come and just do what only he can do in us today. Would you join me? Well, Holy Spirit, we are get to gather once again in your presence. We know that you're going to speak to us because we're two or more gathered together. You are there. And so we pray that the power of your presence would, would come into our lives, that you'd be our counselor, that you'd be our healer, that you'd open our open our ears to hear and and give us the courage today to respond with obedience to whatever it is you ask of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, uh, here's help with today. I, I need you to help me out, okay? So how many of you would say this, okay? I absolutely believe in the power of prayer, and yet I probably don't pray like I should. In here, know that, like you know that, that prayer is powerful, but maybe you just don't pray like you know you should. Why is it that we know that we have this good God? We have this good God who answers our prayers. He answers the prayers of his children. Us Don't pray like we should. Now, I personally can think of maybe a couple of reasons why in my life uh, I have not prayed like I should. Uh, and, and so let me share some of those with you. Maybe, maybe they'll resonate with you as well. Like when I was younger, um, this is it. I didn't really know how to pray. Anybody else in that in that boat? You don't know how to pray. Like you're wondering, like I know I should pray, but I'm not really sure how to pray. Or maybe some of us in this room, maybe when we do get bored while we're praying, like we're just kind of like disinterested because maybe we don't actually think that God hears our prayers, and so we maybe feel like we're wasting our time. And others of us, okay, this is this is one that's gotten me before. Um, You fall asleep. You ever have that happen? You fall asleep praying. Like it's like you wait until the end of the day, the last part of your day, to do the last thing you want to do, which is pray, because it just you get you know like you're praying like God give me peace, and He gives you so much peace that you fall asleep. Anybody there with you? Right? Um, or maybe here, maybe this is it. If you're a church person, you've gone to church for a while, and you've been a part of maybe an awkward prayer circle. And, and what I mean by that is this: pre-COVID, there, there people used to do this. They would circle up. Right now, any of you have ever been in a part of that? And and then there's this thing that happens, right? When you pray, uh, whether you take the power position when you grab hands, or you take the you know the, the non-power position, and there's this kind of this fight, right? If your hand is on top, you kind of have the power position. Even more awkward is when the person that you're standing next to interlocks their fingers with you, 
and they're not your spouse. Anybody ever have that happen? That's just like you had an awkward prayer uh, situation and kind of has thrown you to be a person of prayer. I know that there are, are some things that, that can happen. Maybe you get intimidated. Maybe, maybe you hear other people. You look up to some people who seem like these powerful spiritual people, these amazing prayers. And I just want to say this. There's never a good time to be competitive about prayer, but can I just be honest with you for a moment? I am, I am a retired church prayer battle master. Like, like when I was first, especially in a group of people, um, there was a, a time when I would kind of try to, I was kind of competitive with my prayers. I would throw everything that I kind of understood into my prayers. It, it would sound maybe something like this word that you're Jehovah Nisi and God, you're so good. You're so good. You're good to the last drop. And God, you are such, you're, you're like a good neighbor. You're always there, God. And, and man, your word is like, it's like a lamp into my feet and a light into my path. It's, it's, your word is, it melts in my mouth and not in my hands. And you're, the blood that you shed is thicker than water. And I just, you know, like I would just try to use like all the things to try to connect you can relate to that. I don't know if you've ever been frustrated with prayer like I have, or you're just looking at me now as your pastor and saying, you've got issues, right? I don't know where you're at with that, but I want to share with you in the next four weeks some things that we can learn about prayer. I, what I really want to do is I want to let God work on us and teach us to move and to pray and to have power and, and passion in our prayer. And so I want to start today by by talking about two things, two ways that I think we can make a mistake in our prayer. There are mistakes that we make in our prayers, and it's these two things. First one is this, that oftentimes our prayers are too small. Too small. And the second thing is this, oftentimes our prayers are too general. They're just too broad, they're too general. They're kind of these big sweeping statements or asks of God, and they're not specific our prayers are really too small or they're too general. For example, have you ever prayed, prayed a prayer like this? God, thank you for this day. I pray that you bless me or you bless so-and-so or you bless my family. A bad prayer per se. But I have this feeling that God might be looking at us. He might be saying to you, um, have you looked at where you live? Have you seen all the things that you have? I have already blessed you asking for another blessing, right? Or, or, or maybe uh, you've prayed something like this, God, just be with us today. And God's like, hey, um, I already told you that I will never leave you. I will never forsake you, that I will always be with you. So why are you asking for something? Or, or maybe you've prayed this hot mess before, like I have. God, give us traveling mercies today. Anybody ever pray for traveling mercies? What are traveling mercies, by the way? I, I don't really know if they're any different than the mercies that God tells every morning. How are they different? I don't know, but we've prayed for them, right? Anybody else pray for traveling mercies before? Great. <laughs> Not just me. That's awesome, right? Again, I think so often that God might be just looking down on us as his not angry, not disappointed, but just like, I have so much more. I wish you would pray prayers that would let me flex who I am, that would show my glory. In other words, I wonder if God doesn't ever say this, that will help show off my glory and my power to the world. 
I wonder if God the Father is saying to us, I could do so much more if you would just have the faith to ask a specific prayer. Friends, why do we underestimate the power of God who said, with me, all things are possible? To be honest, I wonder if, if the lack of uh, specificity and the lack of uh, and the broadness of our prayers actually limits what God is wanting to do in us. Like maybe if we just prayed a bold prayer, God would come through in a way we've never experienced before. And many of us, we pray very small, very general prayers. And so for the next four weeks, we're going to talk about how we can pray these big and specific prayers because general prayers do not move God to specific action. I'm going to say that again because I think maybe some of us, maybe in the back, maybe those who are watching today, you missed this. But let me say this again. General prayers do not move God to specific actions because we're a specific request. You see, Jesus's brother James wrote in his book, um, and one of the things he talked about was prayer. He said, we do not have because we do not ask. Asking God to do something he's already said he's going to do is not going to flex his honor and his glory and his power. It's not going to show the world who he is. He's already promised those things. So what I want to challenge you and I to do is to ask God for very specific requests and have the faith to believe do things and, uh, the, and do the otherwise impossible things so that we can then glorify God through his answered prayers. So that when all of a sudden we do see these prayers answered, there's no question that it's God who could make it happen. I want us to learn, pray, I want us to, learn to pray big, faith-filled, specific, and passionate prayers. Is anybody with me? If you're with me, say, come on. Now, let me share a personal story with you about a specific prayer that I prayed, okay? This was a season in my life where God was really developing faith in me, and we had just kind of done these spiritual gifts tests, and faith was one of those things that in that season of my life, coming to the surface. And so um, faith was something that I was believing in, and I had uh, this family that I had stayed with. Uh, they were a host family that let me stay in their home. They had three kids at the time. The wife was, uh, was, was due to have and her husband was getting ready to go on a missions trip around the same time as the due date, which was in early March. And so she came to me in faith and said, would you pray this prayer with me? And I said, sure, what is it? She goes, I want to pray that I have this before my husband leaves on his missions trip because the due date's when he's gone and I don't want to have this baby without him. I said, man, that sounds like a great prayer to pray. What day do you want to pray for specifically? And she said, I want to pray, let's just say February 20th. February 21st. So we prayed together that on February 21st, she would have her baby. This would have been 10 to, I think, 10 to 14 days before her husband was going to leave on this missions trip. And so and I prayed in faith and she prayed in faith. And I kind of forgot about it, to be perfectly honest. And then one day, after, as I was getting done with work, I decided to just stop by the house and uh, check in on her and the kids because they were like family to me. And she opened the door and she said, how did you know? And I said, how did I know what? She goes, I started labor right now. I started labor. And I was like, what? And she goes, how did you know? I said, I didn't know. I just, I just felt this compulsion to stop by and check on you guys and see how you're doing. Because my husband was gone. He's at school over in Seattle. And she goes, yeah, he's on his way home right now. I'm going to be having this baby sometime today. 
Well, turns out she had it early the next morning on the 22nd, but God answered that specific bold prayer. I've had that happen again. And if you're pregnant, don't come and just say like, this is going to be a miracle thing, but just know this specific bold prayers moves God to specific answers. God loves to give specific responses to a specific and faithful of someone with big enough faith to believe that all things are possible with God. All things are possible with God. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to look at four prayers that Paul the Apostle wrote. Now, if you don't know who Paul is, he, he was a man who used to na- be named Saul, and he was a person who hated, persecuted, and murdered Christians before he had an experience of Jesus' grace on the road, and his whole life was transformed. He met the grace of Jesus. He was transformed. He began to start churches, gatherings of people in the faith of Jesus. And what he would do is he would gather them, he would build them up, then he would, he would hand those churches over to these leaders that he had trained. And then he would go off to another place and, and, and start another church. And so what he would do is he didn't have text message or email or any of that kind of stuff, right? We know that. He didn't even have a telephone. So what he would do is he'd write these letters back to these churches as he's getting reports from, from receiving letters from them about things that are going on. And so he would write to the churches encouragements, instructions, corrections, all of those types of things. And what he would always do is write a prayer. He would write a prayer. And he had this certain pattern. He would write these letters that had this certain pattern to them. When Paul would pray in the epistles for the churches, he had a certain way that he would pray. He would start by saying, I pray. I pray. Whatever he was praying for, and then he would say, so that. And then whatever the reason was. He repeated this over and over again in his letters. And we're going to see this over the next couple of weeks. We're going to learn about and pray the same things that he prayed over those churches. And we're going to learn to be inspired by God to pray with purpose. So if you're ready, say, I'm ready. Great. I'm ready too, man. So the first prayer, it's written from a Roman prison at around 60 AD to the churches in Ephesus. Okay, now if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 3. Ephesians chapter 3, and we'll have it also on the screen. We're going to start in verse 14 and 15. This is what it says. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. Now let's pause for a second. He said, for this reason I kneel. Position in our prayer matters. For whatever reason Paul decided to, he knelt before God in prayer. Now, this was uncommon because most Jewish men would stand in prayer and they would lift their hands like this. That's how they would pray. They would lift their eyes pray like that. But for whatever reason, Paul says, I kneel. Now, different postures get our hearts into different positions when we pray. They give us a different perspective in our communication. Uh, let me give you an example. When, when many of you prayed, when you proposed to your wife, what did you do? You got down on one knee. The position mattered, didn't it? And, and so you were communicating something to her. It was kind of like, I am honoring you. I love you. I'm because you are so valued and treasured to me. In a way, Paul is, is, is acknowledging his weakness, his reverence, his love for God. And, and when I choose to fall on my knees before God, that's what I'm trying to express. God, I can't do are so like, I'm just going to fall to my knees and I'm going to worship you. I'm going to reverence you. I'm going to lift you up. You are so much higher than I am. Maybe this week you try a different position in your prayer. Maybe you try kneeling. 
Maybe you try walking, you try standing, you try laying, you try sitting, maybe you try it driving. But if you do try it driving, what I would recommend, I would highly recommend this, do what Jesus said and watch and pray. And <laughs> don't close your eyes and pray while you're driving, right? We don't need any um, extra prayers because you got in an accident, right? Well, Paul says this, I kneel before my father in heaven. And then in verse 16, he says, I pray out of his glorious riches. Now, I want us to pause there because I think this is a huge part uh, help us. Because I think many of us have a wrong view of our heavenly father. When Paul is praying, he is recognizing that his heavenly father has every spiritual blessing available for his people, for his children. And so Paul says, I'm praying to a gloriously rich God. Out of your glorious abundance, out of all that you have, I'm praying that you would answer. I pray out of, out of this glorious riches, you would respond to this prayer that I have. Friends, we serve an infinitely spiritually rich heavenly father. And yet so many of us live like we are spiritually impoverished children. We serve a God who delights in pouring out every spiritual blessing heavenly realms. So why are we still praying small and general prayers? So what does Paul say next? In verse 16, he says, I pray, there it is, I pray that out of this glorious riches, he strengthen, everybody say strengthen. Strength is the theme of this, uh, of this verse. Power is the theme of this prayer that he has. That he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. What does, what does strengthen you with power mean? Right? What, what does it mean to strengthen us with power? And who's going to strengthen us? The Holy Spirit that has come and begun to live in us. Followers of Jesus, we know that when we say yes to Jesus, the Spirit comes and fills us with his presence. Where's, where's this power going to be? In our inner being. It's not that we're going to have this like supernatural strength on the outside. We're going to have a supernatural on the inside. Why? Why is God going to do this? Why is he going to answer this prayer? So that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith. Paul prays that we would be strengthened. The Greek word that, that is used here, this Greek word for power is deutimus, which is the same word that we get the, the, the word dynamite from. It's this explosive, miraculous power of God that comes to fill us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead Paul is asking would come and fill us and is available to us. And Paul continues in verse 17. He says, I pray again, there it is. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power. Everybody say power. Power together with all of the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide, how long, how high and how deep is the love of God. Now, why do you need power to know how much he loves you? Because our finite fully grasp the love of God because this love that Jesus has for you surpasses human knowledge. It's not something we can understand in the natural. Our finite minds do not have the capacity the love that Jesus has for us. That's why parents, one of the most important prayers you can pray for your children is that God would give them power to understand how much God loves, God the Father loves them. Why is that such an important prayer? Because suddenly now their approval comes from God, right? It comes from God that they don't need the approval of anyone else, not even you. 
comes from God, that they're not going to be sucked into the temptations of this world. They're not living for the approval of people because they've already got the full approval of God, their heavenly father. That's why spouses, this is one of the most important prayers that you for your husband or for your wife, that they would have the power to understand how much God loves them. Then they would be drawn intimately into a loving relationship with God, that they would find their value and find their identity and find their purpose in him. His love is able to totally transform even the most distant heart. This love of God is not something that is naturally understood. So we need to pray that we would have the power in us to understand this magnificent love. Thrive, this is one of the most important prayers that you can pray to, for those that you love, that they may have power to understand just how much God loves them. That's what I pray for you, that you would have supernatural power to understand just how much God loves you. Because when we understand how much God loves us, it changes the way we look at our prayers. We pray. So that maybe one day as you begin to understand this great love, what happens is you start to change. Things start to change in your life. Maybe for years you were dissatisfied. You have so much and yet you're so, you're so dissatisfied. Continue to want more and more and more. And all of a sudden as you pray and you understand how much God loves you and you understand how much he has for you, that you become satisfied with him, completely with him, and that you don't desire all the things that this world says we need to do. Maybe for years you've battled with depression or feelings of loneliness or inadequacy. And suddenly, supernaturally, those things begin to fade because you have a God that loves you so much that tells you you will never be alone, that tells you that you are, that he can transform your mind, he can transform your body, he can heal you. Why? Because you pray a specific and passionate prayer that activates the power of God in a specific and powerful way. The same power, the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead, which we can all agree is a huge deal, right? Three days dead in the grave and this power fills him, brings him back to life. That same power lives in you. You can have a deep assurance of his love because it's not been naturally learned, but spiritually revealed and you can never be the same. Now, I don't know about you, but when I try to talk about the love of God, I fail. I can't even begin to express how powerful his love is, how wonderful his love is. I think that's because we have a hard time understanding that love is not what he does. We, we always say love is a verb, <laughs> but the truth is love is a person. Love is a person, and his name is Jesus. Love who God is. It's part of his very essence. God is love. There's nothing I can do to cause him to love me more. There's nothing I can do, no mistake that I can make that will cause him to love me less. Love me because of what I do or don't do. He loves me because of who he is. And that changes the way that I talk to him. It changes the way that I pray. When that truth overtakes you, Disciple of Christ is not just something that we do on a Sunday morning. It's not just something that we kind of choose to do. It's not an added thing. It becomes a part of our life. It's the essence of who we are called to be. I am a Christ follower, a disciple of Jesus, and I want to be like him. 
I have this power that dwells in me so that Christ may be alive in my inner being. I have this power. Suddenly, I'm not living for the lower things. I'm not being uh, drawn down and drained by the things of this world. Instead, I'm being filled with the fullness of God and all that he has for me. I have a power in God. Now, when we embrace power dwelling in us, guess what happens? Guess what happens? Your prayers change. You stop praying, keep us safe today, and God bless us, God. Give us, you know, bless this food as we eat before you. And I mean, how much that prayer? I mean, I grew up praying, God bless this food. And, and, and so many times, like most of the time, we're praying over food that's really not going to bless us, right? Anybody been there? Pray over this cheeseburger that I'm eating. Pray over this pizza. May it nourish me and give me strength and bless it to my those prayers. And there's really nothing wrong with that, but God wants us to pray bigger prayers, right? We start praying for the big things. You're not praying, keep my kids safe and sound. You're saying, God, I want you to raise up my children to be spiritual leaders. I want, the, I want them to stand out for the glory of Jesus. I want, I want to pray that they would have a boldness in their faith and that they would be leaders of faith. That's a bold and specific prayer for your kids. You're not praying, God, help me pay the bills. You're praying things like this. God, you promised that I would never beg for bread. You were going to provide for all of my needs according to your riches and your glory. I believe, God, that I will be, be able to mass, be massively generous because you are so massively generous with me. Blessing to others because you have so richly blessed me. I want to be like you. That's the kind of prayer we pray. You're not saying a prayer like this. Oh, God, I pray for, for my husband who can just be such a jerk. Make him less of a jerk. No, you're going to pray something like this. God, touch the heart of my husband. I pray that he would bow on his knees before you and surrender to your son, Jesus, and that he would stand up, transformed and changed, a devoted follower of Jesus for the rest of his life. He would become a man after God's own heart. I pray that our family would be different because of the leadership that my husband takes on his shoulders because you have changed him, because you're leading him. Lord, I pray this, that he is close to Jesus that he hears from his word, that generations would be different because my husband fully belongs to you. Those are specific, powerful prayers. Those are prayers that change and transform communities, the world. We need to pray big prayers. We need to pray specific prayers. You believe in a God who says all things are possible with me. You have the power of a risen Christ that is our reality. Now, let me close with what Paul has to say here at the very end of this passage. It's so powerful. He says this, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Everybody say all. Not part, not some, not a little bit, but all of the fullness of God. That's a lot of fullness. Now, to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask, now, I want you to pause for just a moment and think of the greatest thing you could, you could ask for. Think of the greatest thing that you could possibly imagine and know this, that God can do immeasurably more than that. According to what? Say it with me. That is, where, that is at work where? Not on the outside of us. His power that is at work within us. To him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever. Amen. In other words, you cannot even measure how much he's able to do. How does he do it? 
according to his power, his power, where? Within us, access. Why do we pray small prayers when we have access to the power of God in our lives through his Holy Spirit? We need to pray big, specific prayers. Paul prayed for the church to pray big, specific prayers. And that is my prayer for us as a church, that we would begin to be a church that prays these big, bold, specific prayers, asking God to do specific, bold things in our lives and in our community. Do you see how faith-filled this prayer is? This isn't God help us through the day, help us through the week. This is God may generations be different because of the life that we're living for you, because of the prayers that we're praying. Why? Because we do exceedingly and abundantly more, immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. Now, who has that kind of faith? Someone who knows they have the power of God We don't have that faith because of anything we've done or anything we've said or anything we've learned. We have that faith because we know that we have a God, a powerful God in us through his Holy Spirit. All my heart thrive that we will be a faith-filled people who've been touched by the power of God and have the faith to believe big things or even bigger things and for God to do the impossible. We are going to tell everyone about it. When we see God move in our lives in specific and bold ways, we won't be able to contain our joy. We will have to share it with other people. It's only showed up and showed off all that he's able to do so that he can get the glory and the honor and the fame for generations to come. I believe today that there's some of you who are one prayer away from changing the course of your destiny. There's something happening in you right now. And spiritually, there's this, this drawing toward the things of God. You are hungry. You want hope. You want life to be transformed. You want something in your life to change. Now, you may have reservations. You may have questions. Now, listen to me. God wants you to come exactly as you are us who've already said yes to Jesus, we've already chosen to be disciples, we still have questions. Even now, we still have reservations, but here's what we do. We come to Jesus just as we are. Jesus went to the cross for the forgiveness, died and rose on the third day. Why? So that anyone, anyone, that includes you, who calls on his name would be saved, forgiven, and made into a brand new creation. Friends, you are one specific prayer away. One prayer of repentance, of changing the course of your destiny, and you know it, you sense it deep down inside. If you would say, yes, that's me. Yes, I need the, yes, I need his grace. I, I want to give my life to him. Would you say this prayer with me? As I pray this prayer, I'm going to have you repeat these lines after me. I'm going to invite the whole church to agree with me in this prayer and repeat Heavenly Father, I come to you today to give you my whole life. I need your forgiveness through your son, Jesus. Make me brand new. Your spirit that I could have power to know you, to serve you, to follow you. My life is not my own. God, I give it to you 
Thank you. For now you have mine. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone says, amen. We want to welcome you. If you said this prayer for the very first time, or you've maybe walked away from Jesus, or you've kind of, kind of walked away from and you've come back today, we want to welcome you and say we are so excited to go with you in your next steps on this journey. And so if you would just do us this huge honor, huge honor, by just going to the website really quickly and filling out our digital connection. On there, there's an opportunity for you to say, I said yes to Jesus. And when you do that, what that's going to do is going to trigger a way for us to kind of come alongside you and help you in your next steps. Now, I want to take one more moment before we continue with some I want to invite those who need a big, bold answer from God. I believe that right now there are people who are struggling that need God to move in a specific way in their lives. And so I want to take a moment and pray for a miracle. God would do the impossible. I want to ask how many of you right now, if there's something big and something specific that you want to believe God for, would you lift your hands right where you're at? Right where you're at. Good. Now, I want to pray for you. I'm going to pray something bold and specific over your life. Would you join me? God, I pray for those that we love. I pray that they would have power to know just how much you love them. God, I pray that, that they would see a difference in the lives of the people that they love because you are revealing your supernatural love for them. God, I pray for those who are asking for the impossible. They're asking for healing. They're asking for you to, to come alongside them and, and help them in their finances. They're asking for relationship. They're asking for so many big things, God. We pray right now that you would come alongside them, that you would build their faith, that all things are possible by answering their bold, specific prayers. God, build faith in this community that we would experience the power of the resurrected Christ dwelling in us, that we would be a church filled with faith, believing for the impossible, knowing that, God, you are able to do all things, and trusting that you are answering, even if even if we don't understand it, even if we don't agree with how you do it, we know that you are a God who loves us and can do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. We want to be a church that prays for power. We want to be a church that prays bold and specific prayers, believing God that you will answer. Help us to build our faith this next week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. God bless and have Wow, wasn't that a incredible message on prayer? In service this week, we took the next several bold, specific prayers over our lives, and it truly was a special moment in the service. So I encourage you to do the same. What is that bold, specific prayer that you need to pray right now? Turn on your favorite worship song, and even for 60 seconds, I promise you it will change things. With that said, thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about our church, go to thrivesquim.com. And I hope you have a and we will see you next week, either in person or right here on the Thrive Online Podcast.